Welcome to You Wanted a Hit, a podcast in which we discuss unlikely, perplexing, and positively bizarre songs that swept the nation and often the world. Hit songs that, looking back, make us think, how did this get played on the radio? Do people actually like this? Do we like this? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your co-host, Michael Smith, and I'll be discussing one song per episode with my co-host and fellow music fanatic, pop culture enthusiast Theo Beidler. Each episode, we'll take turns exploring a song, while the other host has no idea what song will be the focus until we hit play. Welcome to You Wanted a Hit, episode 41 or something, I think. Something like that. Too many to count. <laughs> We're getting there. People start, they've started telling me like, hey, I'm, I'm running behind your podcast. I'm like, it's one of those podcasts where you just kind of pick pick and choose what you want to listen to. Like, you're interested in this song? Check it out. You're interested in this one? We have the diehards listen to every single one, but. Well, we encourage you to listen to everyone because we of have course. covered a couple of songs that I don't think a lot of people actually know. And I was surprised a lot of people got in touch with me that they had no idea about the sunscreen song. And yeah, it, I've mentioned it to a couple people and they didn't know it either. It's pretty wild. I thought it was very, especially for our generation, very ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Also, lots of folks that really knew that song and had a lot to say about it. So I appreciate that as well. I love that. Um, had that, some good good social media shares on that one. It was fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have no uh, honorary crack of a can snack to start the episode because mm. I'm drinking from a Sierra Nevada bottle tonight. I'm making oh. the Torpedo Extra IPA. Oh, I like the Torpedo Extra. I have a couple of those. I can't wait to get my hands on their new light beer. Oh, yes. That looks delicious. What's it called? That's, I don't crisp? remember, but yeah, something crisp. Sounds right at my alley. It's a part of the new sample, yellow sample case. So if yeah. you're at your local beer distributor and you see a big yellow 24-pack of Sierra Nevadas, it'll probably have the new one in there. You should go pick yes. it up. Uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the Powder Day IPA. Oh. Yeah, got some of those in my last batch. Does that mean we're doing a, an 80s song tonight? Why? Oh, got, got it. it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. <laughs> the great no, movie? We, the early 90s movie? We did our we did our uh, our cocaine episode for Christmas. It's true. <laughs> that is true. No, we're going to go in a different direction. All right. Um, couldn't be more different than that. So, without further ado... The, the Jaws theme? Do I know this? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is awful. This is, I've never been more unhappy to do an episode of this podcast. <laughs> oh, Christ. I did not know that was the uh, the intro to that terrible song. Oh, God. There's going to be a lot of things you don't know about this song. I'm probably, getting, yeah. This story is wild. Oh, Lord. All I'm right. really excited I'm about it. we're doing it, we need to do it. <laughs> do we? This might be worse we than uh, Hey There, Delilah, which we'll do eventually, maybe. Uh, or who besanks the reason? I think that uh, those both those songs just suck. There's nothing. Well, <laughs> and Baby Shark doesn't. Well, Baby Shark's not. It's not. We're not the audience for Baby it's Shark. A, it's a fun song. It's you just and I gonna, are not the target market for this song. I'm just gonna go to bed with it in my head, and mm-hmm. that's not gonna be fun. 
Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I knew I knew you might not be too happy about it being in your head, but the story you're gonna be happy you have in your head. All right. So you know the song? It's Baby Shark. Mm-hmm. This whole episode is a kids' corner. It, I, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, of course. Yeah. Um, our first kid song that we've we've covered as as a full episode. Um, you know, thinking back to when we started the podcast, I wouldn't have imagined Baby Shark came up, but. We actually had a, it's kind of a mailbag. Um, we had, uh, a, a frequent listener, Kevin reached out to me and was like, Hey, I really think you guys need to talk about baby shark. This story is amazing. And I looked into it and I was like, well, not only is it amazing, but baby shark has tried on the hot 100. So it's a hit. Gosh. Uh, and not just a hit with kids or on YouTube, whatever, like an actual hit on the hot 100. So it qualifies. Uh, and it's weird. What radio stations was this playing on? Well, we we'll get into that. Uh, The Hot 100 involves a lot of different things now. Um, I'm sure somebody's played it. So, do you know who is the credited artist for the Baby Shark that we all know? I don't know shit about Baby Shark other than (laughs) it's a YouTube song, and I'm like, luckily, my nieces and nephews, I think, were like just old enough to be. Mm-hmm. out of the like or maybe i just wasn't visiting the household right during this like when it was like the craze yeah yeah i've, I've mostly but there's baby shark it. merch like in my grocery store they sell baby shark candy mm-hmm. I, I know that it's, it's just everywhere it's but other everywhere. than that i know nothing about it well this hit version of baby shark is by pink thong pink thong pink thong oh, thong, thong with an f thong. <laughs> I was going to make a joke that was like Ray J or something, but Pink Fong would have been Pink Fong, okay. No, Cis- Cisco has started a kid's, kid's career. Uh, no, Man. Fong, F-O-N- F-O-N-G, um, Pink Fong. If you told me that Cisco was the artist behind this song because he had kids and realized he could make a lot of money making kids songs, would be not surprised. One and then he gave all the, mov- all the money to Drew Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pink Fong is not a band. Okay. Uh, Pink Fong is also not a musical artist. Mm. Pink Fong isn't even a person. Mm. Pink Fong is an animated pink alien fox. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can see them in the video uh, for Baby Shark, which we'll, we'll watch. Um, and Pink Fong's character is inspired by the fox in the classic French book, The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint Exupery. I think I'm aware. Of this one, but I don't, I don't really know. It. If you've seen, uh, if you've, I'm sure the baby shark candy has pink fong on it. Like okay. pink fong is everywhere with baby shark. Yeah. Um, pink fong is also the co-star of a South Korean kids TV show called Pink Fong Wonder Star, which also stars a hedgehog named Hoagie. Not like the sandwich; it's H O G I. But I found it amusing. You know, my, the Wawa loving Philadelphia and me got of really course. excited there. Pink fong and Hoagie live in a town called Wonderville, and on their show, they have various adventures, saving the day, etc. Uh, furthermore, Pink Fong is the mascot of the Pink Fong Company, mm-hmm. a South Korean educational entertainment company, which is also known as Smart Study. Smart Study is like the, the parent company. Okay. Uh, the global product development company has more than 4,000 kids' songs, stories, video games, and merchandise. Wow. The company was... Formed as Smart Study in 2010 in Seoul, Korea. Uh, according to the company's co founder, Ryan Lee, 
Pinkfong began as a small project to come up with a nursery rhyme for the new generation. Lee was looking for a more upbeat and dynamic song that could appeal to different nationalities, something different from traditional nursery songs, which are usually slow and calm. God, God the fucking genius. God <laughs> uh, he I mean, recounted really. all this to ABC News. Ryan had experience in the online from his, gaming. From his Learjet. Yeah, right. Uh, Ryan has experience in the online gaming industry, and he was working on educational games and studying kids' habits on the products. He wanted to bridge their work into educational work for kids, which is how he ended up releasing Baby Shark by Ping Fong. Yep. But we, we got it back way up. Ryan Lee did not write Baby Shark, nor did anyone at Ping Fong. Baby Shark's origin goes back decades and decades. Decade. So long that no one actually knows how old Baby Shark really is. Wow. Yeah. So Irving Berlin could have written it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Baby Shark has been passed down orally by generations, specifically at American summer camps, since at least the early 1900s. So Irving Berlin totally could have written Baby Shark. I mean, maybe so. <laughs> Uh, no one knows who made up the song originally, and believe me, I looked extensively to try to figure I, out who came up with it. Now that you're talking about this, one, that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. And then, two, I think I did this song. Yeah, I think I did, it too. feels like a youth group or young life song that I would have done. Uh, yeah, this feels like, you'll see, it might get more familiar to you. Um, wow. So we, we all know the song. We know it's about. It lists the members of a shark's family. Begins with the baby. I don't know what it's about. I know, I know it's about baby shark. That's about Wh- it. Which, which I have to I have to say, uh, a baby shark is called a pup. So mm. we're already scientifically inaccurate from the get go. Mm. Um, and then it lists mama shark, daddy shark, grandma shark, grandpa shark. Each character has an accompanying dance move. And then the shark goes hunting, and you run away to get to safety. That's that's the song. That's well, what it's about. Yeah. I, oh, I definitely played this game. Right. Oh my god. It's all very cute, uh, but when it became popular uh, a few years ago via Ping Fong, some parents noticed something lacking from the days that they spent singing this song at summer camps. In the original version, uh, there's only one shark, and no one gets to safety, and the shark eats everybody, and it's pretty gruesome. I don't remember that part, but... Right. Instead of listing the family members, the original s- lyrics list the body parts that the shark has eaten. <laughs> and then for I each... I like that version better. So for each body part that was bitten off by the shark, there's an accompanying dance move. Oh, wow. So you're hopping around on one leg, you've got one arm that's missing. Is this what rings a bell? This rings a bell. Right? Yeah. I thought the same thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, this all clicked. So... Java Lang, uh, a journalist, wrote an article for The Week about this, and she recounted her own memories. Great publication. Yeah, you like The Week? The yeah. Big uh, fan. Her writing is awesome. I clicked on a couple more of her articles because I really enjoyed this one. Um, she said, the first time I can remember seeing Baby Shark was on a mossy wooden stage at Washington State's Camp Seaback, where a dozen third graders and I hopped around on one foot, miming a swimmer whose leg had, be, had been viciously ripped off by a bloodthirsty marine carnivore. 
I will note that some folks remember it being a surfer and some folks remember it being a swimmer. I think there's just different versions. It's, you know, folk song. I think we, we did the surfer one because I remember doing yeah. the surfer move. Um, makes sense. Wow. Uh, she says, our cute, adorable dance got more frantic after our dismemberment. CPR, do-do-do-do-do-do. We urgently sang before we hung our heads and announced <laughs> to our peers, it's not working, do-do-do-do-do. Now we're dead, do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> I vaguely remember this and also love this. Well, I doubt this actually happens anymore. because you know. I, I guess. I'm not really sure. So I, I actually had to do quite a bit of digging to find to find the original. I think one, I think the main reason is that now the the more modern Baby Shark is so popular that like you can't find, it's really hard to find older versions of Baby Shark. Um, sure. But I have a couple to share with you of the original Baby Shark. Um, or I don't even know if it's original. It's it's the one that people knew from summer camps sometime in the last 130 years. Here's the first one. And these are like camp videos. It's like cheesy camp videos. Oh, yeah. This is dead on. So this one has the family members. See, they mentioned the family. I feel like I I did the family version because they, they changed their voice a little right. bit. I think yep. we did that. It's cute. So this is the Girl Scouts of Northeast Ohio. Shout out to them. I could tell, yeah. So yeah, you go into person swimming. I'm, I'm going to jump ahead and see where they're doing. There's, they lose the arm. Lost the leg. It's not working. Oh, wow. I'm dying. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and then the person like keeps coming back to life and dying again. Like it's, it's pretty morbid. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, you know. Get to learn about death. So here's another one. And these these were both posted prior to Pink Fong's baby shark. Uh, yeah, I yeah. definitely did this. Ah, oh, man, this camp camp fun. Yeah, people are blast. So that's pretty close to the original, but uh, as I said, uh, a lot of folks remember that, and there's a lot of documentation of this that the even earlier Baby Shark songs didn't have any of the family members. We just get right into the, we do the Baby Shark dance, and then we do all the different limbs. Right yeah. into the massacre. Yeah, right into the massacre. Yes. Uh, Jay Lang in the week, goes on, I hadn't thought about the Grizzly Baby Shark song in years until a Korean education brand's version of the song exploded among the zero to four crowd at the end of last summer. <laughs> Suddenly, Baby Shark was everywhere, but with one noticeable difference from my childhood, None of these children were being eaten by the shark. I mean, probably yeah. wouldn't have uh, hit the same way, you know? Yeah. Well, according to the uh, Camp Songs blog, yes, the Camp Songs blog. Yeah, uh, sure. The internet is a lovely place. All right, one person noted that a version was ended with, hey, took a leg, another leg, it took an arm, the other arm, they got the head, and all were dead, and all was red. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, that's like a Taylor Swift line. That's yeah. 
I'm into that. It is, and it's a metaphor for her feelings. Yeah. Now we have to figure out how is this gruesome song of dismemberment reborn as this catchy earworm that uh, most parents probably despise at this point. I hate that we're never going to find out who, where it started. I know it, it's. I can't find it anywhere. Um, hmm. But I think any other kind of camp songs that have been kind of passed down, like like there's so many of these. Yeah, and yeah. the ones you would do in elementary school or at events or as icebreakers, whatever. This is just 100%. one that took on a new life, and not all of them have. So I had a few questions when I was reading through all this. One was. Were the lyrics changed in certain groups over the decades as it was passed down to kids? Mm-hmm. Like, is this, or was this, was this uh, uh, something that had happened in various groups where, like, oh, these folks are singing about the gruesome attack. These ones have a squeaky clean version. If it were more gradual, it would be more similar to like nursery rhymes and kids' stories we know that were more disturbing at their inception, especially right. some of the, some of That's the good point. European nursery rhymes. Um, I thought it was hard to be sure from what I could tell. Um, you know, at some point, the additional shark family members were added. Uh, and <clears> then <throat> there are versions that have the family members and the shark attacks. Well, here's what we do now. Okay. About 25 years ago, a camp counselor in upstate New York. Yes. I really feel like upstate New York has more camps than anybody else does. There's a lot of camps in upstate New York. Yeah. A lot of camps. I was just picturing Wet Hot American Summer when I read this whole story. Great film. Uh, so there was a camp counselor there named Johnny Only. Not to be confused with Jerry Only from the Misfits. Oh. Uh, though I had to look it up because, you know, the proximity in New Jersey kind of made sense. True. Uh, I don't think there's a relation and they're both fake names. Uh, Johnny Only from the camp. He learned the song as it was sung by other counselors at the camp, and the dance was taught to the kids. And in a segment for CBC Radio in Canada in 2019, Johnny says that he always noticed it was the most engaging song for the kids, and he ended up becoming a full-time children's performer later in life. Mm. Uh, So, you know, plays guitar, sings kids' songs. He describes his work as interactive kids' music in the style of Laurie Berkner meets David Weinstone at a Wiggles concert which is just all kid performers. Like he's really, oh. really <laughs> splitting hairs here. Um, after his I record, got the Wiggles. I was lost yeah, in the first day. I looked them all up. They're all the same, just guitar singing kids performers. Mm. Um, so after his work at the camp, uh, he's, he's playing, playing these shows and he started to incorporate the song into the shows. And it was such a hit. He decided to record a version and release it in 2011. Okay. And he thought, well, it's an old folky camp song. Anyone can record this and put up their own version. So here is Johnny's version of Baby Shark. Still the Irving Berlin family comes knocking. Baby Shark, do 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 Baby Shark, do 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 Baby Shark, do 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 Baby Shark. Mama Shark, do 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 Baby Shark. Mama Shark, do 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 Baby Shark. Mama Shark, do 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 that's Johnny. Oh. He's he's revived. I mean, God bless him. <laughs> yeah. Probably. It looks like it's probably like family all working, making this video with him. Are these all his kids? 
I don't. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, kind of look like Okay. All right. Very fun. Very fun. He's swimming fast. I just have a lot of questions about how far you get into this profession. I know. But good for him. He can afford a pool. Okay. The lifeguard is just saving his life. Yeah. Save my life. Man. I don't think I'd listen to it in my my, uh, my downtime, but no, probably not. Okay, got some tempo changes. All right, we're done. As you notice, there's there's no there's no shark attack. Lifeguard saves his life. Nothing happens, and in fact, you may have noticed his song is called Baby Shark non-dismemberment version oh i did not notice that yes very specific so the title of this version of the song obviously led me to believe that he changed the lyrics from the gruesome version that he learned at camp wow also notice for later that the comments are turned off on this youtube video i noticed that in the earlier one too which is probably Mm -hmm. the best well it turns out i was right his lyrics leave out the actual attack parts that he learned when he was a camp counselor. So is he making yeah. money off the song? Well, we'll see. Okay. Um, Jumping ahead. He leaves here. out all, yeah. So he leaves all the cute stuff, gets rid of all the, all the actual shark attack stuff, focuses on the shark family. And then everyone is saved and gets away in the end. Cute. Yep. So in the, in his CBC interview, uh, he says he needed to create a more sanitized version. As he says, the lyrics were completely inappropriate for kids. Which I'm like, okay, dude, yeah, maybe for toddlers. For toddlers, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're teaching science here. This is what sharks do. Uh, so, in the next few years, he released this in 2011. The next few years, his version gained a decent view count on YouTube for an independent artist. Like 100,000 views, lots of comments, people are into yeah. it. Not bad. Well, five years later, in 2016, Pinkfong releases their version of Baby Shark with their accompanying video on YouTube. All right, I'm jumping in now. We're jumping this might in. be the first time that I will watch the whole video from start to finish. I've <laughs> definitely seen. I, I don't even know if I've, I've heard the song more than I've seen the song. I know that it, they are pretty synonymous. Yeah. Oh, there's Pink Fong, huh? That's Pink Fong. Yeah, that's the pink, that's the pink alien fox. Yeah, Pink Fong's cool. They have 67 million subscribers. Yeah, this video has 12, 12 million, million views. views. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Very cute kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got... More for, for our listeners that aren't parents, we've got some real-life kids dancing with cartoons. Showing the dance. Right. Kind of fun. All right. Yeah, yeah. Around. It's not the worst thing for kids. Well, you're coming around. You're going to be bumping this this weekend. I'm asking in my head. It's going to be on your unexpected uh, party hit. The playlist. Grandma Shark is a cute character. Oh, so the Grandpa Shark. Yeah, right? The little mustache. They're running away from the shark attack. And it speeds up as they're running away, just like in the last version. They're safe. Yeah, I don't think I ever got this far when I heard it. I haven't either. It's the end. This is the end. That's a quick song. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find one that was like a 24 hour loop or something crazy. For sure. Yeah. So that comes out in 2016. Uh, I mean, their versions hold of- up. Can I just like 
I just don't understand. You know, Pink Fong is a fox. Correct. And I recognize that he's under the ocean with the sharks. He's got, he's got a <laughs> snorkel, but the snorkel is clearly underneath the water. Yeah. So how is he surviving? He should have a scuba suit. He needs a scuba suit. Well, he is an alien pink fox, so maybe uh, he's got some abilities we don't know okay. about. I, I don't know where the alien stuff. I don't know where the alien stuff comes into play. What is it? Wonder World, where they're from? Wonder Wonderville, I believe. Town, so. Wonderville. Maybe that's in space. I have no I'm idea. sorry. That that makes a lot of sense now. Thank you for confirming. I, I didn't have time to get into the pink fong mythology mm-hmm. as much, um, but maybe we'll maybe we'll have a good mail. I, I just want to say that. that you you did a lot of research and did a deep dive into where the alien from Blue came from that's true you're not that was all done for me that was on the the eiffel 65 wiki there's no pink like, fong wiki uh, there probably is <laughs> i just this story is pretty complicated right. uh um, interrupt. so their version is a little more heavily produced than johnny's uh but it has a lot of similarities it is very k-pop influenced uh it features a lot of instrumentation heard often in k-pop um and that's noted in a lot of a lot of journalism about the song we we all know it. It went more viral than viral. Uh, on December 21st, 2020, it became the first YouTube video to surpass 7.5 billion views, which was notable because that's the population of the planet. Oh, wow. What is it? Is it the most viewed video? Of all time? Mm, it might yeah. be, yeah. Because I know, like, kind uh, of style was yeah. for a while, right? Um, yeah, pretty much only Korean stuff. is. Most viewed stuff. They did something right. Uh, their music production yeah. is is amazing. Johnny Only, whose videos at a hundred thousand, he kind of watched this all unfold with a bit of disbelief. He's like, "Doesn't this sound a lot like my version of Baby Shark?" And he says, "Same key, that's notable. Uh, mm. A lot of the same tempo changes, uh, same melody and rhythm." And I was like, "Johnny, of course it's the same melody and rhythm. It's Baby Shark. It's a Baby Shark everybody knows." Like. Okay. That's the other parts though I see. I definitely get it. Um yeah, a lot of the instrumentation, it's kind of got that four on the floor like like bass drum beat. Um tempos are definitely similar. Um furthermore, Johnny says that he he patterned it off of uh of Raffi. That was his he was going for like a Raffi thing. And I guess I guess Raffi oh. had adapted a number of kid songs where he like made some adjustments yeah. to them. To make them a little little cleaner, uh, and Johnny was like, "So he he didn't get this version." No, no, no. He's, he's just saying he's like, going for a Raffy thing, uh, and he said, "Oh, it seems right. like Ping Fong's kind of doing the same thing." Um, Sounds like they are. Yeah. So, and I gotta give him credit that like him thinking this is maybe a coincidence. Like, it's kind of an unlikely song for them to just pick up and do this with. Like, there's all these old kid songs, camp songs, whatever, and it's pretty similar to the one that he posted um but if they did is that grounds for him to take legal action or demand royalties that's that's a good question um because as i as i said this song is over 100 years old uh so nobody owns baby shark it's classified as a traditional uh and for those that are unaware uh traditionals are uh old songs generally that have been passed down generation to generation um, or they're too old to be covered by the American copyright law. Uh, it's what is referred to as public domain. 
So a lot of kids' songs were public domain, as well as songs like Take Me Out to the Ball Game, House of the Rising Sun, Rock and Robin, 99 Balls of Beer, Rhapsody in Blue, Candyman, Stagger Lee, and the list goes on. Um, songs that we still enjoy. Uh, a lot of them are, are public domain. Um, when artists release their own versions of traditional songs where they change the arrangement significantly or the lyrics significantly, they can claim a copyright. Uh, not on the authorship of the song, but on the arrangement. So that's like a secondary version of the song. So that's why Johnny felt he could just make his version in the first place. He was like, oh, yeah, just going to keep racking up views of my YouTube video, performing at gigs, all good. It's just like, you know, whatever. My life is not going to get complicated. Well, that is <laughs> until the Liberty Korea Party, a political party in South Korea, wanted to use Baby Shark to promote its candidates' campaigns in 2018. <laughs> According to, according to, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, the Liberty Korea Party is right wing and advocates fiscal responsibility. See my uh, instincts, correct? <laughs> a market based economy and caution in dealing with North Korea. Which I mean, that seems that's, that seems like a, a good idea. Probably every South Korean mm-hmm. party line right there. The original name of the party when it was founded was the Grand National Party. The GNP. Oh. Where did they get that uh, name from? Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in February 2012, the the party changed its name to the Sinuri, the New Frontier Party, to signal a fresh start in the face of growing voter dissatisfaction with the party. And Sinuri candidate Park <laughs> Jinhai just change the name. Yeah. <laughs> Narrowly won the presidential election later that year. A massive corruption and bribery scandal involving some of South Korea's largest companies toppled the Park presidency, and she was impeached in December 2016. In an attempt to distance itself from Park, the party renamed the Sonari Party, renamed itself the Liberty Korea Party in February 2017. Hong Jun Pyo, the Liberty Korea candidate in the May 2017 presidential election finished a distant second to Democratic Party candidate Moon Jae-in, thus ending a decade of conservative rule in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Although, to be fair, this is, I kind of like the idea of just, you just keep changing, changing your political yeah. party name. Everything else yeah, They weren't is the even same, like branching off, just they were just changing the name. Uh, so yeah, it was the Grand National Party, and then the Sonori Party. And then the Liberty Korea party. candidate party, <laughs> the Pink Fong party. <laughs> um, so that all happened. Uh, the you know the president the president was uh, removed from power, and that was 2017. 2018 is when they're asking to use Baby Shark. <laughs> they've they've changed their Why name not? of the party, and they're asking to use Baby Shark. To be fair, you know we've got Born the USA, right? They've uh, got Baby Shark. Yeah, exactly. All, it happens all the time where songs are co-opted by political candidates and twisted into what have you. Um, but here's a twist. Liberty Korea reached out to Johnny only to get permission to use the song. Oh. <laughs> That's going to look real good in court yep. for Johnny. Johnny was indeed listed on the Wikipedia page for the song for his sanitized version predating ping pong and maybe that's how they found him thought his version was the original basis for the ping pong version so we assume that on wikipedia before ping pong even touched the song johnny only was listed 
there. Uh, I don't know if there was a Wikipedia page before Pinkfong. I think yeah. after after they looked at the Wikipedia page, this is just my guess because I can't figure out how they found him. I know that he was listed on there because otherwise I'm like, but okay. they're just scrolling on YouTube till they got to his version way after the really popular versions. Like that's weird. But I, I know he was right. on the Wikipedia page and he still is. I'm just playing devil's advocate from the jury. I'd be like, well, he could have well, that. But I guess they, that's they would my have other that. thought. Uh, well, what Wikipedia would be able in so a Wikipedia, court of law, you can't add things about yourself. You have to have you have to what? have other really? people do it. Um, and there's of course ways to hide it and change your IP address and whatever. Um, but that was my thought too. Is that like, well, how do, how do you end up on this page? Like, he put himself on there. Like, how many people know about? this a hundred thousand views is a hundred thousand views like you know so i don't i don't know the inner workings of how the liberty korea party found him um but he uh so yeah the liberty korea party thought his version was the original song uh and they went to him and asked him if they could use it and he said he didn't know how else to answer other than it's public domain do whatever you want Interesting. Unfortunately, the version that Liberty Korea posted, I guess it was like a like a parody or like a an actual like political song. It's been taken down and I cannot find it anywhere. I know. Oh, no. I really want to find it. Uh and I couldn't. But uh But they changed the lyrics? I think so, yeah. Um ah. but uh they did lose that election and then dissolve the party. <laughs> of course. So I don't think if I dissolve you mean I don't think they did. The I think it's done. I think the party's done. Ah. Um so I don't think we'll hear that version again anytime soon. But I'm sure you can guess what happened next. Smart Study, the Pinkfong parent company, threatened yeah. Liberty Korea with legal action for copyright infringement. And Liberty Korea said, we asked Johnny only and he said it was cool. <laughs> he gave us permission. <laughs> we asked a guy from Buffalo, New York. And he said it was cool. <laughs> Should be all right. Look at this then. video. It's great. Uh, Johnny said that suddenly as soon as this happened, he was getting calls because his video and photo were all over South Korean news. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he starts getting a ton of comments on his YouTube video in Korean that he's translating. And a lot of them are progressives in Korea. And they're like, take legal action. Fuck these people. This is so disgraceful. Like, and they're all like, this is the guy. This is the baby shark guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the uh, the new age version of sending your tape in the mail and making sure it's post dated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Prior to when someone else exactly. records yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't think he'd copyright it. So that's when Johnny realized he might have some rights in the matter, and his version may legally be a secondary work. And he said, "The wheels in my head start turning. If Pink Fong's song is so close to mine, they can't even tell the difference." And Pinkfong tries to claim copyright infringement against their version when the political party is using my version. Does that mean that my version also has copyright protection? Makes sense. Naturally, yeah. he contacted a Korean copyright lawyer, and they took Smart Study, now commonly known itself as Pinkfong, to court. Johnny claims he was the first one to create this sanitized version of the classic Gory Camp song. He even mentions a video that went viral in which a cute little kid asks for Alexa to play baby shark and it plays his version and then her parents change it to the ping pong one <laughs> and he said this was sent to him countless times and made him pretty upset and embarrassed Alexa, play baby shark. 
Here's a sample of Baby Shark by Johnny Only on Amazon Music. She's like, this is the wrong she one. She turns to her parents and goes, Alexa. Baby Shark by Pink Flum, starting now on Amazon Music. <laughs> I know. She's so excited once theirs comes on. Hey. She's like, Johnny only sucks. Oh, she knows. She knows. She's not into it. Be getting to Jaws copyright? I was wondering that too. It's a, it's a big part of the pink Yeah, Palmer. it definitely is. I'm actually. And that's definitely Joel. Uh, yeah, right? I would. Like, I would think not... so. I don't know where. Uh, I I didn't I didn't see anything about that, but I had that thought as well. Keep video. Yeah, it's a key video. Um. Oh, I did read actually that that some people believe that the Baby Shark song was uh inspired by Jaws, but clearly that couldn't have been the case because that was the '70s and the song is like right. 100 years old. We interrupt this gripping story to make an important announcement about coffee. Our friends at Dark Matter Coffee in Chicago, Illinois, are making some of the most outstanding coffee we've ever had the pleasure of drinking. On top of that, they adhere to a philosophy where quality coffees are sourced based on traceability, innovation, and social responsibility. The best part, on top of all of that, is that when you order coffee beans at darkmattercoffee.com, shipping is on us. All you have to do is go to their site, load up your cart, and use code WANTEDAHITCAST. That's one word, WANTEDAHITCAST, at darkmattercoffee.com. Was Jaws inspired by Baby Shark? That is actually a good question. <laughs> this is like the third or fourth movie inspired by an Irving Berlin song. Wow. <laughs> Wild. This guy is amazing. Steven Spielberg's like, y'all, I was at camp and I have an idea. I mean, wouldn't be terribly surprised. <laughs> Smart Studies marketing manager, Singyun Kevin Yoon says that Smart Study took a fresh twist and recreated a traditional sing-along chant by adding upbeat rhythms and fresh melody. Hmm. We have a team of content creators based in South Korea that plans and directs the design, choreography, storyboarding, and localization of Ping Fong's content. And that's such a nice little little PR blurb mm-hmm. that their publicist wrote. Uh, that was reviewed by their lawyer. Yeah. Like I said before, it's such a random song for Smart Study to have thought of for this. And there are so few versions of the sanitized version online before theirs that this coincidence seems totally dubious. Like, it does. they had to have seen or heard his version, I would think. Yeah. Like, I looked up, I, sh- I sent you versions from 2011, 2014, like times around that. They all have the shark eating parts. And then suddenly, 2016 hits, it's all gone. And his, I mean, I I, his, I believe his, his, he's the earliest one on YouTube that I saw. And I mean, no, you're right. You know, I mean, I, I I'm sure I could go down the depths of it, but trying to play devil's the first advocate one I could here, find. but I, I have to agree with you that yeah, maybe there's like a writing team they come up with this. Someone sees the video and, and doesn't connect the two. I mean, either way, there's a huge case here. Like, yeah, a there's a huge case, but. It is complicated because it's a traditional folk song. Yeah. So uh, it's public domain. Um, well, in 2021, 
the Korea Herald reported that a soul court ruled against an American composer, Johnny Only, in a plagiarism suit he brought against the producer of the popular South Korean children's song, Baby Shark. Damn. The Seoul Central District Court rejected a claim by New York-based composer Johnny Only that Baby Shark, a world-famous song, we know everything, uh, copied his 2011 song. Smart Study rejected the plagiarism claim, saying its song was a recreation of a traditional North American children's song that has no valid copyrights. And the court held up this argument. And the Seoul Court is based on Korean law, not on American mm-hmm. law, clearly, right? That's true, but their their copyright laws law is super similar to ours. It's um, hmm. they they have almost all the same protections, yeah. um, that we do. Uh, but cosmically, just five days ago, there was more news on the case as I was researching this. Johnny's Johnny appealed, and it took two years. Once again, denied. eight one in the sole. Central District Court Civil Appeals Division. Smart Study refuted that it had no knowledge of the authorship of Johnny Only when it produced the Baby Shark oral children's songs, and they produced them on their own. Um, they said that oral children's songs do not have copyright, so copyright infringement is not recognized. The- is, is there a way for Google to know if anyone from the Pink Pong camp listened to his version on YouTube right, prior to this being released. Well, it's not even there, but that's the tricky part is that, and they're smart, of course, because they probably have billion-dollar lawyers working on this. Uh, they, they're not even arguing. The second time, yeah, they said, we have a, nothing to do with this guy, whatever. Right. The first time was just that this is a traditional folk song, so, like, we can do whatever we want. Okay. That doesn't matter. And he was saying, well, I have a copyright on this folk song that I created. But and they're saying, get- they're saying well, you can't it copyright it because you, it's a, it's a folk song. And it wouldn't even matter if he got that copyright after the fact. Anyway, right? Because if you can yeah, prove it's the same, you- it's, a, it's the same as him proving yeah, that yeah. he put it up first. Yeah. So, um, the... Judge in this trial said it is not enough to admit that the plaintiff's song added new creative elements to the children's song. And even if the creativity that could be a new work is recognized, it is not enough to admit that the defendant infringed the plaintiff's copyright. Okay, well, the, he is saying then that there is still an argument to be made that yeah, he didn't change it enough or that they didn't copy it. So, yeah, you, either way. or he's saying even if they did copy it, like whatever that he. He didn't change enough, and that's where the gray area comes with all these things. Is that I think it's kind of bullshit too. I got to be honest. I was thinking the whole time, oh, I'm probably gonna side with Ping Fong. Like this makes sense. The children's like folk song, but like the more I watched these and the more I read about it, I was like, there's no way that they just like did the same thing as him at the same time. And there are so many other arrangements and secondary versions of of trad songs or public domain songs. That people copyright, hundred percent. It happens all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of, kind of felt, kind of felt the same way. Um, and Johnny only has probably spent so much money on this. Yeah, true. Trying to win these lawsuits. <laughs> um, and I'm sure the people at Pinkfong too, like 
most of these people that are working on this are like, I, I don't know where this came from or where this happened. Like, whatever. Like, people don't even work here anymore. Man, <laughs> he had at one point during the song said like something like, "Baby shark, do 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 do." I wrote this song, do 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 do. He would have got away with it, you know, but he didn't change it enough. Very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Because um, it really does. Uh, that's the other thing too. Is that like, yeah, it's a common folk song. Sure, he totally changed what the song's about. Right. I mean, if he did indeed create this version, he totally changed what the song's about. Hmm. It's totally different. I don't know enough about copyright law in this sense, but to me, it felt like there's a great argument here. That's uh, that's where we're at on the Baby Shark creative and legal saga. Mm-hmm. That's the main story. We don't know exactly how Pink Fong ended up with this song and how they yeah, ended well, up putting yeah, it out. Yeah, we do, but okay. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Korean courts I'm, can't prove it. I'm but. so curious for everyone's thoughts. I, I want I want people to like interject, like, well, I don't know. I think that it's this and this, and I think Pink Fong is is in the right, and because I could totally see both sides. I totally can. Um, I just as I was more researching this more, I was like, Johnny Only has got, got a point here. Um, I get, at the end but, of the day, I don't give a fuck. But there's <laughs> over the course of this last hour, I feel myself rooting for Johnny Only, and maybe it's because of his rudimentary graphics on his music video. I just feel like he's a working class man. I think so who too. deserves what is probably millions of dollars worth of royalties. <laughs> oh, here. Oh yeah. Well. They could also definitely afford to pay him. Like they, it is a multi-billion-dollar company now. So. That's the other thing too. It's that they could probably. There is probably an argument that he deserves royalties from the song, song sales, streaming of the song, but probably does not deserve royalties of the merchandise, the candy, the IP right. licensing of yeah, 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 which they're making yeah. totally umpteen agree. millions off of. So. Right. Everyone would win here in that scenario. Yeah. And I do know that they, I mean, they have trademarked Baby Shark, but Baby Shark is a character. Right. And it looks a certain way. And it, but she wouldn't does, do it, it has yeah. a song, it has, does a certain thing. Like, like yeah. that's totally valid that they, they trademarked this character. As for how the Pink Fong song, the, the song at hand here, became such a huge hit, there are plenty of expert opinions on the song itself. Uh, and and their version, why it worked. However, there isn't much a story of a story beyond the true viral nature of it. I did read that this version of Baby Shark initially picked up steam in Indonesia, and I read this several times in the New York Times, huh. in the Washington Post, and then when I searched for more, all I found was news articles about a supposed mutant shark caught by a commercial fisherman in Indonesia. That's all I can find. From outer space? <laughs> like an alien? I couldn't find anything about why it picked up in Indonesia. First, Did it have a little, there's no a little other pink fox friend? I don't think so. Okay. And, and not a hedgehog named Hoagie either. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Gary Cross, a cultural historian at Penn State, who specializes in modern childhood. Awesome job. Okay. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, he said, a simple song that isn't tied too radically to a given culture can with the right technology, easily become global. Children are not yet fully embedded in a culture, and they're very adaptable to fads. Hmm. Um, he says this was true long before YouTube and iPads placed the latest craze at a toddler's fingertips. 
Consider the Happy Birthday Song was created by two Kentucky school teachers in the late 1800s and transported across the country and around the world through word of mouth, film screens, and radio. The two countries that have been most able to capitalize on this phenomenon of children's commercial popular culture are America and Japan, and now apparently Korea, which is an extension of that. Makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, Happy and New York birthday Times, is a fun, uh, fun deep dive as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, uh, uh, recently public domain. Yeah, but but for a long time, oddly enough, owned by Warner, which made no yep. sense at all. Uh, maybe we'll cover it one day. Yeah, maybe we will. Uh, as the New York Times points out, the song was furthermore helped along by attention from K-pop acts in Korea, spread throughout Southeast Asia before eventually finding its way to the United States. When a social media challenge invited people to post videos of themselves dancing to the song, participants included Ellen DeGeneres, James Corden, Kylie Jenner, Cardi B, etc., and then it first appeared on Billboard's Kid Digital Song Sales chart in July, followed by the Streaming Songs chart in November. It also made it to the UK Top 40. So, it got to a certain place, it was already viral, and then yeah. a bunch of celebrities blew it up even more. I still think it's just kids clicking on shit. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And, like, it, it became... It's initially what happened. became adult pop culture phenomena with someone like an Ellen on her show talking about right. it. Yeah, I mean, classic story, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was already viral, you know, before that. And then that just exploded it. Especially because, you know, kids are also seeing those shows too. Right. At the same time. And, if, like, again, anything with kids, they hear that song and then they will watch that video 47 times in a row without right. blinking an eye yeah so it's funny that so many articles are like the song made viral by k-pop stars and ellen degeneres and i'm like it was already at like a billion views before any of these people started yeah, there's like, no article it, saying singing it whatever rochester man johnny only mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly Even Brent rochester, I'm in new york somewhere right yeah um but obviously you know we've talked about the billboard charts uh, are different now. They, they include uh, a lot of eclectic ways of listening to music. Oh, duh, streaming. And yeah, viral hits on social media can capture more attention than radio airplay. Um, and, you know, the, this was first Wait, shown. This is a dumb question. Is YouTube even counted in that, though? Yes, it is, oh. but it's counted. It's counted. YouTube video is counted differently than. Right. YouTube Music, which is a subscribe streaming service. So, yes, it does, but the 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 um, the math is different. Well, I assume that this is probably a, a Pink Flong version is probably on Spotify and Apple Music and all of that. Oh yeah, but regardless, that's so I, I yeah. forgot about that part, which is probably it just says pink, a, pink Fong Spotify. Like on Spotify, it's yeah. Pink Fong Baby Shark, and that probably that's what I that's what I played for you. When, that probably when we started the episode. To, the Billboard yeah, charts more than YouTube, totally. but I, I didn't realize that YouTube itself was on there, which makes sense, I guess. Yeah, YouTube is counted. Um, in 2012, Billboard began counting digital sales and online streams in the singles chart, uh, which lifted South Korean song Gangnam Style by Psy to the top of the new rap songs chart. Um, and then in 2014, Billboard and SoundScan, um, they added streams and downloads to the album chart and then 
Uh, they reworked the formula for all the paid services and including YouTube. Here we are. By the way, I did a quick Google search on the top YouTube video of all time. And the, the little blurb at the top of Google said that Gangnam Style was the first video to reach a billion views. Baby mm. Shark was the first to reach 10 billion views. So, assuming Baby Shark is the from biggest blurb, YouTube yeah, video ever. Biggest, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, where do you think Pink Fong's Baby Shark peaked on the Hot 100? 49. You're pretty close. It was 32. Oh. Hit 32. And you're right. I mean, Radio Play wasn't really yeah, there. Probably not there. Um, I know there are kids' stations. Maybe it got some of that. I don't know. Like XM. But uh, this was January 12th, 2019. Oh. The top 10 on the Hot 100. Uh, let's start at the bottom. Number 10, Better Now, Post Malone. Solid song. Uh, number 9, ZZ, Kodak Black, Travis Scott, and Offset. Number eight, Drip Too Hard, Little Baby. Sure. Uh, number seven, Girls Like You, Maroon 5 with Cardi B. Sure. Uh, number six, Marshmallow mm. and Bastille, Happier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a little red light special right there. I, I forgot that Bastille was even in that song. Um, number five, uh, Panic at the Disco, High Hopes, which song. I just have to say, uh, talk about unlikely hits unlikely band panic at the disco i know, like, I know you hate them but i, I kind of like them i don't i don't hate them mm. i just think it's so insane that like they sell out madison square garden and it's this many years later after they're just like an emo band when we were in high school like i know crazy career yeah wild career but he's an ama- amazing voice and writes good songs fun. um number four sicko mode travis scott uh, number three, Sunflower, Post Malone from the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie. Big song, yeah. Yep. Number two, Thank You, Next, Ariana Grande, which was on its way down. Uh, and number one was Halsey, Without Me. Mm, big Halsey fan. Yeah, I know. You love Halsey. I like Halsey. I do. Uh, her last record was great. The Trent Reznor one. Halsey, Halsey was uh, one, of the, one of the few acts that I can say. I think I saw one of the first shows ever. Um at uh yeah you were an early adopter yeah it was uh, uh, her manager invited us to her show at uh what was it rough trade in brooklyn it's probably her first like damn decent size show but literally there's like maybe 10 people there that venue's not even there anymore it's not r.i.p yeah so yeah it hit uh hit number 32 according to a billboard article published that week uh, they said now thanks to the song continued streaming growth as well as the free fall of 23 seasonal titles off the hot 100 this week post holidays because uh, it was january 12th i thought you know there's like 23 seasonal versions of the song like uh <laughs> christmas hanukkah kwanzaa new year's like, oh god well they wouldn't all be the same song. this is gonna be a long night <laughs> um Baby Shark bows at number 32. Given its original 2016 release date, the song needed to accumulate enough chart points to appear in the Hot 100's top 50 before it was eligible to chart, per chart rules regarding older songs. Oh, interesting. So this is kind of like a perfect storm of it ending up on the Hot 100. Baby Shark, you know, it's huge now. You saw Candy at the Grocery Store. Uh, the Smart Study slash Pink Fong company currently has over 100 versions of Baby Shark, which includes translations in 11 languages. What are the other 98? <laughs> or, or oh, there's all or kinds whatever. of them. There's all kinds of them. It's like, oh 
different dances, different themes. It's it's all over the place. Um, they also put on a Baby Shark live show, which tours around the world. Sure, why not? Uh, they're in the process of producing a Baby Shark movie. Sure. As well as a line of toys in partnership with Hasbro and Spin Master, the Canadian company behind the hit show Paw Patrol. And there are now indeed plans for a Baby Shark theme park. Oh my god. So I must say, Johnny only... Where's it going to be? This train has left the station. I mean... Yeah. That's it. It sucks too, because I don't... Like... (laughs) I, I, I'm with you. I think that he does deserve. He has to deserve some credit for it. I, I, I guess it's we not... should have had a music lawyer as a guest on this episode. It's too late. Yeah, I guess it's uh, not that much of a stretch to think that this song is massive. We know this song is big with kids. It could be a little controversial to have mm-hmm. people being attacked. So. Maybe we make a clean... Like, it's not that crazy that two people could have that thought. But it just feels like... I guess because of the nature of the song being on YouTube, that the fact that this company was probably gouring YouTube for these types of songs, they had to have stumbled upon this one. Mm-hmm. And even if they didn't know that there was a, a, a gruesome version of it, they just took this idea and ran with it. Well, also, if they were looking up Baby Shark at the time, I'm guessing his video with 100,000 views is probably one of the top Baby Shark videos. Because the rest of them are all just shitty kids at camp. In my assumption, I would assume that if he was found to be the creator of the song, he would be owed royalties in the song only. And and because of the characters, because of the animation, that, that Smart Study would still make probably 95% of the money off of this IP. Well, that's also the thing with uh, secondary versions of of public domain songs. You only make a certain percentage of, yeah, okay, so, of the royalties. So, like, we're still, well, I mean, they're not going to be giving him 100% of publishing. So there's a small part of me that's kind of like, I, this is the, like the, this is the nice person in me trying to be like, <laughs> this guy should at least get like 5 million or something. I don't, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Instead, he spent it all on legal funds and then lost. Tough. Yep. Johnny only. He looks happy in that video. Not sure if he still is. I also, dude, the fact that there's that video of that little kid who doesn't want his version and she's like, no, the other one is so crazy. <laughs> and that video has like 4 million views. <laughs> I, like, I love that. She's yelling at the she's yelling at the speaker the whole time, but when that version comes over, she like, turns to her parents and goes, "Alexa." Oh my god! <laughs> like, and the fact that like people he knew was sending it to him, like, "Hey, check this out. This kid hates your song." Like, oh my god, uh, it's gotta hurt. Um, yeah, there is another thing happening with Baby Shark legally that I wanted to mention because it's like this story is like unfolding now. Um. Essentially, uh, in Oklahoma, there's a county jail, and a uh, there was an incarcerated person uh, named John Brasco, and he 
said that uh, he was being tortured in the jail because the uh, the prison guards were playing Baby Shark on repeat just over and over and over and over again. Oh my god. And he ended up suing suing the jail uh or suing the state of Oklahoma uh because he said that it was uh it was torture and uh it has affected him in various ways. Uh and Yeah, fuck Johnny only. I'm going to put all right? of my GoFundMe well, resources to uh, this guy three, his case. Because, three yes, days before this trial was supposed to happen, a uh, guy was found dead. And yeah, it's crazy. This is like and, a Jeffrey Epstein uh, There's situation. like now, they're like looking into foul play. Uh, there's all these, cons- like, not conspiracies, conspiracies that might be true uh, about it. Uh, that yeah, that this guy, this Dang, guy was like murdered, no. essentially. So that he wouldn't like get these like prison guards in trouble. It's pretty wild. Yeah, if you if you search uh, Baby Shark anywhere in the news right now, it's all this shit. It's all the Baby Shark torture case in Oklahoma. Yeah, pretty wild. Damn. I mean, there's precedent there because there's a lot mm-hmm. of lawsuits in Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay about certain music, right? songs and yeah. styles being played at all hours of the night. I mean, to me, honestly, it would be torture to have to listen to any song on repeat 24-7 for multiple days at a time. But especially yeah. a, a mind-numbing one like this. Yeah. Wild story about Baby Shark. I never thought twice about it. And then I was like, oh, not only have I heard this song, but holy shit, it's got all this crazy history, lawsuits, uh, intrigue, Dude, I mean, it's damn good. Yeah, I don't think it's ever either. Doesn't seem like it is. Where's Johnny Olney, man? Can we, can we find him? Oh, we should have him on the show. Uh, he was born to cover the next kid song. Dude, we're have having Johnny Olney. Maybe he Shark. might just be. He might just be kind of sad. That's a wrap on this episode of You Wanted a Hit. Thanks for listening. Good luck getting that song out of your head. If you enjoyed the show, please do all the things podcasts usually ask you to. They really help. Tell a friend about the show, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, write a review on your favorite podcast app, and visit our website, ywahpod.com. That's ywahpod.com for updates on new episodes and our merch store. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, stickers, and more. Goes back into the podcast. Love to hear what you thought of the episode. And we also want to hear if there's something that we missed. You can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at YWHpod or directly via email at YWHpod at gmail.com. This podcast was researched, produced, recorded, and edited by me and Theo Biden. And our theme music is by Air Doctor. We'll see you next time. <laughs>